Coming to you from St. George, Utah, this is the podcast, 70 is the New 50, a fun view of the joyous side of aging. Brought to you by Utah Tech University, the Institute for Continued Learning, the City of St. George, Washington County, and Intermountain Health. And now, 70 is the New 50. And welcome to Season 2 of 70 is the New 50. I'm Jan Graham Hunt. I hosted Season 1. This time around, I'm happy to welcome Wendy King as my co-host. Wendy, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Hi. Well, I uh, did one uh, pre-podcast this fall for ICL, and um, I started out as a finance person in hospitals and healthcare, moved into facilities management, and finished my career in fundraising for the Denver Schools of Science and Technology. In my retirement, I've enjoyed being here in St. George, and I love ICL, the Institute for Continued Learning, where I'm taking about four classes. And also sits on the ICL Council, (laughs) which we're grateful for. And for those new to the show, I'm a retired lawyer from Salt Lake City. My husband and I moved here 10 years ago when we retired, and I love the Red Rocks, and I love pickleball and the learning opportunities. We are recording today in a podcast studio run by Sean Devinson, Genevan, on the campus of Utah Tech University in St. George, Utah. Our mission here is to inspire others to live a fully engaged life as we age. We often shine a spotlight on ICL, the Institute for Continued Learning, here at Utah Tech. The title of this episode is What's Your Story? There is only one story quite like yours, and only you can tell it. As Oscar Wilde said, Be yourself. Everyone else is taken. (laughs) The burning question for today is how to tell your own story. Call it a memoir or one or more short essays, a chronology, or tiny vignettes of memories important to you. The truth is, only you know it, and it's important to share. Today, we're lucky to have two rather perfect guests for this topic. (laughs) Marilyn Richardson is a published writer and is currently teaching a class at ICL called Write Your Life Story. And Russ Stevenson is a student in the class and, like many of us, at the beginning stages of writing about his own life. Russ was president of ICL last year and remains a vital part of ICL leadership. Welcome, Marilyn and Russ. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. Marilyn, let's start with you. Um, Tell us a little bit about you, uh, how you became a writer and a teacher, and how you got to St. George, Utah. I was teaching at South Dakota State University, and I taught creative dance, modern dance primarily, but it was a program I had to teach everything, whether I knew it or not. But I retired early. My husband was ready, and I was 60, and... um, Writing was what I wanted to do as my creative activity because you got to sit down to do it. I was tired. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. (laughs) And uh, Marilyn, have you written about your own life? Have you written your story? You know, interesting is when we retired, uh, we each had computers. My husband was in one room and I was in the other. And he was just clicking away at his story. And um, 
I, I couldn't wait to see what it was going to be. He quit at high school, when he graduated from high school. He didn't include anything about his philosophy of life. He didn't include what he taught as a a professor at a university. And I thought, whoa. But I also knew I didn't want to do a a normal, ordinary um, autobiography. And and so I I used to have, I created a one-woman show called Midlife and Beyond. And I talked a lot. I was never a great now, this performer. Wasn't a, this wasn't a written story. This was a performance? This was a performance piece. But I spoke through the performances. And um, so I have that narrative, and I have pictures of me performing. So I put it all together in a book, and my great-grandchildren are going to think I was fantastic. <laughs> That's ah oh wonderful wonderful. <laughs> they won't know the, they won't know the bad parts about me. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, well, tell us about your class at ICL. It's called Write Your Life Story. You know what are the most important things that you are trying to share with your students? I'm just trying to encourage people to write because exactly as you said in your introduction, everybody has a story and it's not the same as someone else's story. And I believe in the written word. I, even though so much is visual now, I do think that it's great to have something written down. And so I try to give prompts. I try to give examples. I encourage people. But in the end, it really is up to each person whether they're ready to write or not. Uh, Russ Stevenson, let's turn to you. Um, first, tell us a little bit about you. Your background and how you ended up in St. George, Utah, which we like to call the cultural capital of the West. At least, yes. Um, (laughs) Well, I've had a number of different kinds of occupations. I was the uh, health uh, director for the Utah portion of the Navajo Reservation for quite a while. That's after I uh, ended up uh, getting out of the Navy, spent some time there. And then I ran three, uh, well, two different mental health organizations across the state and had a chance also to be the uh, the division director of the uh, health of the Department of Correction <laughs> for the state of Utah for a little wow. while. So I've had a couple of chances. I, I grew up in rural Utah, and by the time I retired, I had family down here in uh, St. George and decided that this might just as well be the place to stop. Terrific. And uh, Russ, where are you on this journey of writing about your life? Uh, this is the second time you've taken Marilyn's class, I understand. At least the second. <laughs> At least. All right. So you're motivated, and I um, have been observing the class, which I've really enjoyed. And uh, you made the statement, I have lived many lives. And that struck me. I think maybe we all relate to that a little bit. So where, where are you on your journey? <laughs> uh, that uh, I live many lives of my time comes out of the, the play Cats. Oh, I didn't know that. But anyway, um, the other day, well, I put it this way. In Marilyn's class, the thing that motivates me, I, I write, uh, well, let's do it this way. Uh, she gives us a lot of prompts to keep us going, and that gives me the motivation to to write another story. I'm one of those that are right now attached to memoirs. So yes. I write a bunch of small stories, and I'm trying to figure out a way to make them all work. And uh, maybe someday uh, parts of them or spin-offs will become a novel. Can you 
tell me about a prompt that was meaningful to you that you expanded on and it got you going on something that you were glad that you wrote? Well, Marilyn talks a little bit about being personal and, and uh, relevant and all this, and I thought about that the other day. I've got a pair of low-cut Converse basketball shoes that I used <laughs> when I was in high school. I pulled them out of a box the other day and put them on because now it's it's cool for the young people to wear those. And I thought, you know, these shoes have been with me through most of my life. Maybe I can put my memoirs together from the perspective of what these shoes saw me go through. Oh, how interesting, Russ. That sounds really interesting. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um, many people say, both in your class, Marilyn, and also in books that I've read about how to get started, that they always wanted to write, but didn't for some reason. And there are a lot of reasons that are given. What do you both hear about that, or what do you both sense about that? Um, one of the ones that I've heard that really touched me is, I don't feel I'll write anything good or I'm good enough to write my story. I think, I think that's very common. Someone shared on a Monday's class saying, well, I wrote something and I read it. It was just awful. <laughs> and so I talked about this idea, and we talked more about it. I guess I can't use the S word on, I shouldn't. But anyway, <laughs> in the book called Bird by Bird by Anne Lamont. I love that book. She writes about the first draft. because It's going to be terrible. But you, you've got to start. If and I you, think she says, quite honestly, prepare to what write what hundreds of really terrible drafts. Well, not hundreds, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that anything I have written has gone to at least five edits and sometimes upwards to 10. And uh, some novelists say 30. It's 30 edits. And so, but that idea of getting started and not being good enough is a real barrier for people, but just get it started. Just and I think it's start. so sad that people feel that way because I know that um, if either one of my parents had written anything, um, you know, about their feelings, about their life or what happened to them, I would have treasured every word and I would have treasured every misspelling and every typo and every disorganized paragraph because it didn't matter that it didn't need to be edited. It does if not they told need to it. be perfect. It does not. You're right. So just get it down. I have a friend who has written her story, and uh, I enjoy reading it so much. She grew up in the Depression. She was an only child. There's typos. There's misspelled words. Probably just anyway. It's such a charming story. So great. And other, everybody can do that. How about you, Russ? What do you feel are the barriers that are stopping you from... Well, do, maybe got, doing I, what I, you'd like to do. I'm, I'm thinking of two. One of them is just the ability to write, which a lot of folks just need to do what we've said here, just start doing it. The other thing is, is I've noticed a lot of folks are re, reluctant to really believe that their life is worth writing for. Um, there's so many so experiences true. in everybody's life that if they will just start writing about them, and expand him a little bit, and they don't have to be, you know, like the guy that cut his arm off that got cut in the oh, slot canyon. Yes, yes. Uh, 
but just everyday things, things that people would appreciate. And, and uh, you don't necessarily have to write thinking you're going to be published and, and right. make a fortune. Indeed. I, I remember uh, talking to someone who said um, their mother wrote uh, about the first time she saw a hummingbird. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that maybe two-page uh, writing was a one, one of her great treasures that her mother had written down what it meant to her to see her first hunting, hummingbird. And we've all had that experience. So, Jan and I'm in the uh, creative writing class, which is you want to write your first novel. And talking about not thinking your life has a story, one of the gentlemen in our class is writing a story, and I think it's autobiography. (laughs) Anyway, it's called, it's a story about a boring man. So he's writing the story (laughs) about a boring, and do you know it is delightful he, the readings he's done so far. So I love that. that Isn't that great? Energy that comes from other students and in observing your class, Marilyn. I you have a very interesting group of people in your class, and one of the comments that just really hit me was uh, you have a gentleman who was diagnosed, I think, four years ago with esophageal cancer, mm-hmm. and when it happened, he said uh, he turned to his family and said, "Well." you know, I've got a few years, Uh, what should I do? And they all said in unison, Dad, write your life. Write about your life. That's that's what we want. He's a very verbal, very intelligent man, and he's got an idea of a way to start, and it's going to be great. What he does is going to be great. Uh, And that's just, and uh, along the same line, there's a woman who I think got a, a book for Christmas from her granddaughter. It was mm-hmm. empty except for a few prompts. And it said, Grandma, please tell me everything about your life. And she mm-hmm. filled the book out. And she said it was an interesting thing because I hadn't thought about this. She's going to do it uh, 1 to 7, 7 to 21, and 21 and beyond. So she's got it divided. She's got up a, a pro, um, format to follow so that she can do those early years and those developing teen years and then on. And, and once you get something like that, if you're a, someone who can figure out an outline for yourself and then go, I'm not that kind of person. I just sit down and I think I'm going to write about the time I stole this book. <laughs> That's what I'm writing right now. Excellent. I want to read that book. <laughs> yeah, it really is. An, a, I stole it from a... Senior citizen, or retirement center. It was on the shelf, and I looked, and it was a. High, it was published in 1893. Now that's an old book, and I thought nobody's going to read this book. And it's about a woman who wanted to go and see the lepers in Siberia. So she arranged. She got money together. She got herself going. It's a fascinating book. I read it. Nobody else will. Um. It strikes me that this is a, a very important topic for, for people of us who are aging. And, uh, of course, that's the focus and the premise of our, our podcast is this is the time when we finally have the time. And I think, importantly, maybe a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of perspective about what things that happened to us meant and were important. Do you find that? I think? Yes. Oh, absolutely true. You do need the time. And when you're raising a family or you're busy with your career, it's hard. But when you're retired, it's the perfect time. Golden opportunity. Russ, what do you think? 
Well, uh, I was just thinking about uh, the wisdom part of it, and I feel like <laughs> I've gained a lot of wisdom. My mother was married five times, and um, so I have a perspective of being in a different position in the family five different times. A couple of the husbands died, and um, one of them tragically. At any rate, uh, it's given me an opportunity to go back now and look at those situations, and, and I write stories that relate to the different marriages and how so that you happened. you had five fathers. Basically, and I never even knew I had the first one until the second one died. Oh, wow. Russ, I really think that one of your chapters needs to be My Five Dads. And I was named for a guy that doesn't exist. Oh, oh my goodness. And I don't know how much time we have, but I can expand on that if you'd like. Well, we, I, uh, first I just want to say write the dang book so we can read it. <laughs> and That's yes, a good idea. say a couple of words about that. Well, um, my mother uh, married, and she's very, very quiet personal, uh, introspective type person, and uh, he got killed in a car wreck, and after she remarried, um, this person died as well, but then they told me that when I got to be, have to sign up for the draft, I've been using this name, Stevenson, for years, and found out that I was originally born as a Powers, so they had my, well, I went in, I had my name changed, because that's what I've been doing. Anyway, after the death of the second or third husband, we found some documents that said that he had legally changed, well, he didn't legally, he changed his name, and so Stevenson never existed, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting. And you're still <laughs> carrying that name all this way. Yes, and, and all my children. And you've made it real. Absolutely. Excellent. You know, I wanted to mention Nancy Arony. That's A-R-O-N-I-E. Uh, she's an amazing, inspiring writer who really focuses on memoirs. And her book mm -hmm. is called Writing from the Heart. And I found it magical. I highly recommend to anyone out there to buy it if, if this is something that's in your, in your heart. And she makes a, an observation called Yesterday's Soup, which is that when you go to a, a restaurant, whatever today's soup is might be good but it won't be as good as yesterday's soup because these ingredients need time to percolate and merge with each other and mature and develop some sophistication of taste and so forth. And it strikes me that, you know, when you're at our age, yesterday's soup is ready. Good. Good. And, Great. and valuable. Say the author's name one more time. Nancy Aroni, A-R-O-N-I-E. And she... Mm -hmm had some great prompts as well, which uh, uh, one of them was uh, dinner at our house was, and then you'd fill in the blank. And some <laughs> truly powerful and poignant stories came back. Um, we all sat at dinner with our families as children. They may not have been great experiences, and they may have been great experiences, but it was a great prompt. And another one she used was, I wasn't invited. <laughs> and I... And again, she had some amazing things come back. What are some prompts that you have had the most luck with? I don't really know whether I have luck with them or not because I don't read what they have written. If they want to share, we try to keep that short because there are a lot of people in the class. So we everybody can't share a long thing, but they'll share a paragraph or two. Uh, My prompts yeah. that were most recent were write about a first. 
Yes, you're, something you're, for first kiss or first first boyfriend, first car, uh, first uh, disaster, first husband, second husband, third. <laughs> Russ, what have you? What have you found? Well, Mervin suggested we write about a pet one time. Uh-huh. And my name being Russ, I was named after my grandpa, but they always called me Rusty. And lived in a little tiny town called Gunnison, and uh, very, very rural. And mother would come out and call Rusty to come in to eat. And before I could get there, half the dogs in the neighborhood were there before <laughs> me. Oh, good story. Excellent. It's a good prompt. We good. had Rusty on our front porch, too. He belonged across the street, mm-hmm. but he came to our house. <laughs> now, Marilyn, can I ask you, do you recommend for people that are starting out on this journey and really want to write that they set aside a time or they try to write so many words or what, what have you there are all your those, students found that there are might all those work? kind of things people say right in the morning morning when you're fresh right at night after the kids have gone to bed and you have some right i just think you've got to figure out when it works for you and if Very giving true. yourself a goal of a thousand words a day um doing that November thing when you're asked to write 50,000 words in that month. Anything that'll, that'll get you going is what you do. And then you can measure your progress against that, basically. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, great idea. Um, we have about four minutes left. And uh, as I say, the premise of this podcast is uh, about staying active and staying engaged as we age. Do you mind if I ask your ages, Marilyn? <laughs> no, I do not. I'm 88 and a half. 88 and a half. I'm Excellent. on my way to 89. And Russ? Well, I'm going to get the half in there at 78 and a half. All right. Oh, 10 years ahead of you. And here you are, Marilyn and Russ. You are exploring, you're searching, you're teaching, you're learning, you're leading. Um, what makes that happen for you? What's, what's your secret that you can maybe share with our listeners? And Russ, I'll start with you. Well, one thing I like is that uh, it's a motivation to get me up and out of bed and, and moving through the day. And once you get started, my old grandpa used to tell me that that's the way to do it. Just you just take that first step, get out of bed. And uh, then everything else just kind of takes its place. Just Well, and I've always felt like you're never too old to learn something else. I love that. Marilyn? Um I have a little thing, a gimmick of uh, five things, five reasons, uh, five things I have to do. I have to get me out of this recliner, and I have to do those five things. But as far as the class goes, oh, I love it, because my mind is always thinking, oh, maybe I should share that with a class. Oh, this would be a good thing. Oh, I have to remember to say I love the class. It keeps me going. That's wonderful. And I just want to say you've both inspired us so much today. And I hope we've inspired listeners about the value and the importance of them sharing their story in whatever form. Uh, their story is unique and their story is a treasure to others. And uh, you've, you've both motivated us to get Get on and get that pen to paper or mouse to recorder. That's right. Perfectly legitimate. tell someone else and let them write it. Absolutely. Excellent. Great. I also say write it as a poem. Write it as a children's story. Write it in these little vignettes. We've taught any way at all that you interest you. Great. Well, um, we are um, just about out of time. And uh, I want to say that I spent my uh, last summer in Paris, which was kind of a lifelong dream. I've been there many times, but this time was for three months. And 
I'm a Francophile. I love France. And so um, I'm going to close with this, à la prochaine, which means until next time. Thank you both. That's a wrap for 70 is a new 50. Thank you so much for joining us for 70 is the new 50. In coming episodes, you will meet the rock stars of our community who are sharing their expertise to empower us to stay young, healthy, and happy as we age. We will see you on the next episode of 70 is the new 50. In the meantime, live long, live well, and live with joy. This has been a production from a podcast studio.